Hello and welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tingser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are on a mission to inspire leaders and entrepreneurs in the hospitality industry to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. And I'm extremely excited to have our guest today, Julia Gomez. Julia is a global thought leader and practitioner in people strategy. Her book, The Brandful Workforce, highlights how businesses should strive to have a workforce who are crazy passionate about the products and services they provide. We sat down with Julia to hear her story and the Brandful Workforce concept and how to build great brands from the inside out. Welcome, Julia. It's a pleasure to have you here at Hospitality Maverick Podcast. We've really been looking forward to uh, to hear your story today, but also uh, have a conversation about how an uh, important employee experience can be for company's performance and uh, profit. Great. Well, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much, Michael. And so I'll give you a little bit about my background, and I'm excited to uh, continue the conversation. Uh, so I really started off um, in college, in graduate school, studying conflict resolution. I was very interested in psychology and how people can get along peacefully. I did um, have somewhat of a career in that, um, training in mediation, conducting mediations, working internationally and nationally. And then I was very interested in taking this um, more to organizations, business, the corporate world. Um, so I got into a really exciting company called JetBlue Airways at the very beginning. And I came in as a role of creating an employee relations department. And I quickly realized it was all about putting out fires. And I really was compelled. I, I just, there was something in me that said, there's got to be a better, better way to deal with this, a, a way that we can prevent it. So I started looking at different metrics, speaking with colleagues across the organization in marketing and finance and the operations to really look and see what we could do. And that really brought me to the a much higher view of the overall employee experience. We tested out different measurements. We took marketing measure, measures such as the NPS net, net uh, promoter score. We applied it to the employees instead of asking customers uh, what they, you know, if they would recommend the company to a friend or relative, we asked employees, would you recommend this company as a place to work? It was really exciting. I think we were the first company to do that. And the measure really took off internally. And I think other companies are now using that measure. But it was a lot of experimentation at JetBlue. Um, it was very uh, entrepreneurial, as some people like to say, being an entrepreneur within an organization. Very exciting. Um, and after eight years of doing some really uh, fun and amazing work with the culture. Um, the company was really known for its employees as brand ambassadors. Um, and I realized that was actually an area where there was very little research and work. And people used to call me and ask me from other companies, how do you get your employees to be so incredible? So I really wanted to dive in on that specific topic. I left the company I did a lot of research. I wrote a book called The Brandful Workforce. And brandful is a word that I have come up with to really describe either employees or customers or company that's really full of people who are behind the brand authentically and genuinely. And so I now have a roadmap that I work with organizations on on how they can uh, really develop this brandful workforce and brandful company, um, doing more writing, and I'm involved in some other entrepreneurial activities. And it's really a lot of fun, and it's amazing to see transformations of organizations and really also new organizations be able to set up in a way that really that really puts them in a position for long term success. 
Well, that's a that's a quite a, an exciting journey you've been on there. Just for 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 the people on the podcast here that hasn't been that lucky yet to read your book and don't have the full understanding of the concept being a brandful workforce, can you in in short terms just you know describe how the concept works and what is this that you had to work with to become you know this a brandful workforce? Right, right. Well, I have what I describe as the brandful basics. And if you don't have, there's three things. You really need to have a really good business model. Nobody wants to work for a company that's going down the tubes that's not going to be around in the next couple of years. So a good business model. You have to have a really solid customer promise. So customers know what they can expect and that, that, that they actually get that. And the third component for the basics is the employee promise. And that all has to do with the employee experience. And it's what are you offering your employees? What are they going to get out of working there? And what do they need to put in? What is the company looking for from them? So it's this two-way or multi-channel uh, directional way that uh, you're really forming relationships and being able to deliver on them. Within those basics, I am a huge proponent of letting people know, customers and employees, what you're not. Be right out there. I love, um, I think Ikea is very good at saying, we do not want employees that have egos. <laughs> so, you know, it's be out there, be unique, be different. Those are just the basics. Once you get the basics, then the book talks about all the things that your employees can do to be brandful and really be behind your brand. Yeah, that's very, very simple, uh, clear model, just to repeat as, as I get it. Yeah. Uh, you need to have a business that can drive commercial profit in a way because, as you said, nobody wants to be part of something that's failing. You need to deliver your customer promise. Uh, it's much easier to be an employee in a, in a business where works works and you deliver great customer experience. And then you need to be on top of all the standards and also the employee experience that have inside the company. Is, is that correctly understand? Yes, that's great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And and that so sounds very, 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 very simple when we talk with this these terms. But I guess there's a lot of work that has to be put in place to get the fundamentals right. I guess it's not something that just comes easy from your own experience as well. You know what, Michael? It it really it just depends. Some leaders um, get it intuitively, but the reason I wrote the book, to be honest with you, I think it actually is easy. It's a mindset, and to some people, it comes naturally. For JetBlue, I think it was something. You know, for a lot of companies, they say, well, "We don't know how we got this, but we got it." That's because they had all the ingredients. There, but I the reason I wrote the book was to put them down so that other companies could actually do it if they didn't have all the ingredients. But mission and values are a very big part of it, of the part of the foundation which are embedded in those three items. But you know, it, it to me, and I think to even you, it, it it actually is simple. It's just that a lot of people don't believe it, and that's the that's if you don't believe that people matter, you're you're just never going to be able to in, implement any of this stuff. Yeah, so what you're saying is it starts with mindset. It starts with your principles of how you want to run your, run a business and what you believe in is the right way to run a business. Then it's much easier to get the the more functional things in place like getting work, work and pay and reward and all those things that just come much more easy when you're very clear on your vision, mission and, and your, your approach and mindset to your business. 
Right, right. But and also, you know, business model that doesn't come easy to everybody and conditions change, your competition changes, tools change. So, you know, at any point, people, people need to refresh the business model. So those three basics that I mentioned, you you, you know, it, it is fairly simple. But again, some there at any point, things can get in the way of any one of those three. It's a very interesting point you have here because I've, you know, been in organization, worked with organizations where there's a lot of elements that's right, but what they miss is like the big picture and how to glue these things together. And when you see that that problem is there, it often comes back to, you know, to the leadership. What are they choosing to do? What is their their view on people? And you can often go back and look at their view on people maybe isn't as you know, people doesn't maybe come first, maybe profit comes first sometimes. And you can really see that's where the missing glue is to make all the component work. Because what you're talking about, many companies maybe already have these functions, but they're not glued together of this invisible glue, I call it, which is the, you know, the mindset or the vision and the values. Right. And it comes out, that's why my, you know, what my work and my book is all about genuine being genuine and being authentic. And so you may say, oh, people come first or, you know, we, we have a great employee promise. But you know which companies, the people and the leaders are truly listening to their employees. And it's incredible. The people who really do that, employees know what's wrong. They know what to, how and what to fix. And it's a collaboration. And when you really put employees in the driver's seat, that they really can help you out and become a part of the day, daily solutions. I can remember some, I can remember it was last week or some weeks ago, we, we had a conversation, Julia, where I said, like, in my experience, when in hospitality, when I walk into a restaurant, I can feel straight away if this is a place where people are put first. You can just feel it's in the energy of a business. I know that I've gone into offices where people are put first. There's a different vibe there. You just yeah. know it straight away. You 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 know the big companies like Sapos that's very known in the US. We have a Sweet Green in the US as well. We have a company like Pret in, in, in the UK, which is a is a sandwich and a coffee chain, and you can just feel it's very different from all the others. I actually don't think everybody out there has that ability to just sense it like like you or or like me. I re- I really don't. But you know, some people do. But um you know, um, in terms of really getting into, you know, the details, we've been to so many places, we've worked in many places. And there are people that have actually never experienced working in a brandful company. If you haven't, you don't really know what it feels like or what the difference is. And that's, again, why I kind of wrote the book and why you and I do the work we do um, is that we know what it's all about. and, and, And we know that it's successful. So, so what is your view? How how many people do you think if percentage have actually just a rough calculation? Do you think have been that lucky to to work in a brandful company? My guess would be ten, maybe fifteen percent of the population. I my guess also is is that, that that's probably about the percentage of companies that actually are brandful, maybe as much as twenty. But to me, brandful is really raising the bar on all companies. And, you know, that's kind of one of my goals with my work is to really spread this concept a bit more. And it's something that companies can really seek to achieve because not not many are there. Just to give some, you know, examples of companies you believe, you know, maybe your top three favorites organizations you believe that is a, is a brandful workforce. 
Well, you know, I hesitate to say any really large companies, but when I do ask people, when I speak to audiences and groups, I ask them, who do you think is brandful? Some of them say, you know, Apple, Google, you know, Southwest Airlines, possibly JetBlue Airlines. Um, some people have even said Amazon, although I, I definitely don't think Amazon is. So some, just to get out, you know, some names, and you've mentioned some Pred, Sweet Green. Um, what I've noticed is there are so many companies that are unheard of, maybe private companies, companies that are maybe 1,000, 2,000, even less than that, 500, 100. Actually, that's one of the current projects I'm working on. These companies are not really that well known. They may not have been around that long. Um, they have, they're growing. They may be startups. Um, they may have been around a long time. There's a company here in Long Island um, that I will tell you is definitely brandful. They have 250 employees. It's called Clear Vision Optical. I've been there. I've seen what they do. It's unbelievable. Everybody's behind the brand. They're, they've been around, I think, 60 years. Their leaders are incredible. Um, so one of my goals is to really uncover all of these hidden gems, brandful companies, expose them, give them the exposure they deserve. I'm looking to actually create a network of brandful companies that will help them in recruiting and in all that they need, but really also to show and provide the examples out there. Um, there's one, I haven't really looked at this, but I've seen some stuff. There's uh, in your neck of the woods um, restaurants called McAllister's Deli. I haven't done the research, but online they sort of seem like they are. Yeah, I've, I've noticed them as well, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't have the specific knowledge, but I definitely see they're also growing rapidly right now. I know in the in the states as well. So, uh, what about um, if you take these uh, these brandful organizations? You're talking about smaller organizations. Is size maybe important uh, as well? Is it easier to make a smaller business brandful than a large complex business? Or how do you see that? You know, I really see that as the million dollar question. I know, like, for example, I've been looking at Starbucks. I'm giving a presentation soon about Starbucks, you know, IBM. When you have hundreds of thousands of employees, you know, is it possible to be brandful? I mean, we can go by store, by location and possibly say, yes, these locations are brandful. Overall is brandful. I haven't gotten there. I know they these companies want to be brandful. Um, I think when you the, the thing here's the here's the struggle is the uh, informal versus the formal. And when you have large organizations, you are forced to have very complex, formalized, officialized policies. And sometimes that is what kind of gets in the way of being brandful because being brandful is really empowering employees to really do what's necessary to advocate for the brand and really represent the brand. And if they're constantly having to look in some kind of policy or guidebook and they can't be themselves, it, it kind of hinders that. So maybe I'm not sure if I've answered your question. I, it's, it's a hard question, but those are some of the things I struggle with. I think I think one thing I grabbed from there. I actually I just I, I, you know I don't have any you know science on this. What I recognize often is when you know us in wholesome hospitality, when it becomes very rule driven and complexity rise, especially around scale, you can actually see these businesses become you know less. We let's just keep the brandful word uh, from a feeling point of view, and that's also what's happening in there. You know, good people leave. You know, uh, the managers, the good managers leave, etc. Because you know attention to them 
disappears. And I, I've, I've actually talked with a couple of uh, senior hospitality people recently because there's a big, big storm going on in the UK where there's a lot of trouble in hospitality. You know, big chains are closing down units. And they say it's about being lean all the time, not from a cost point of view, but as an organization to so avoid this complexity because that's the, that's the devil uh, when, when you scale as the complexity comes in, in a way. So scale in a speed so you're lean was the guy told me the other day yes and so for a company like i've been just doing a lot of work on on starbucks having the manager of each store completely in charge of what happens at that store i think is the way to go however they also have to guarantee their customers that they will have a certain uh you know consistent uh, service when they go in so it's that tug, pull, push, you know, of, well, we have to have some consistency, but we also have to have some personality. And I did see from Starbucks, I see they actually have uh, mugs from each city. I mean, you know, there's some sort of customization. I don't know, but I think if larger companies can sort of become more local, that might help. Yeah. So it's about taking it down locally and get, you know, autonomy to the, the local managers to, to, to run their businesses uh, as, as brandful as, uh, as, as possible in a, in a, in a complex world uh, of big organization. That's a really good point. But what about when you talk about, we talk about this and as it's always that people sometimes say to me, Michael, this is very fluffy what you're talking about. You know, uh, we need to talk about some commercial results and I'm very focused on, yeah, we put people first, but profit comes second important. Because as you said, if the business doesn't make money, nobody wants to be part of it. So of course the business has to make money. But how did you prove that in, in JetBlue? Because that's probably the best example to take that there was a clear correlation between, you know, improved employee experience, customer experience and profit. Well, we actually did run a lot of different analyses and um, very specific. And just, just to give you something specific that we ran. We looked at our customer scores, customer loyalty, which ties directly to revenue. And so, and we looked at on board the flight and we wanted to know what would make the biggest difference to have customers recommend JetBlue over another airline when they say, yes, I'll recommend that you fly JetBlue to a friend, which predicted the uh, revenues. Okay. So we, we we had a lot of employee data. And so we, we, we actually ran, we were able to find out that when the pilot came out of the cockpit and stood in front of the cabin and, and greeted everybody on the plane in his own or her own announcement, that alone, that act alone was a big influencer on whether people would recommend the company. This is a very granular, detailed example of, of one thing that we did. I think really hits home and proves a point. And it's a very simple thing. It sounds very simple. I was thinking that that's a, you know, it's a very logical thing. You think that that's just, just what you should do. But the, the impact of these small logical things sometimes, I've seen similar things as well, uh, I didn't have any data on that. I, I was part of a coffee chain we, we built from four to 27. And we were very uh, focused on the management team that when we went around in the cafe, we said hello to everyone. And the manager said, we learned them how to say good morning to people and goodbye and thank you for your time. And that was really powerful from, you know, we could see retention go up massively after that was, you know, 
put into practice and we only could measure on you know our gut feel in a way but we could see that has a massive impact just small things like that in the organization and michael you and i have discussed one of the projects that i'm working on i would love to see this actually come to fruition one day but i have been working um, with online data, artificial intelligence, to be able to measure how brandful a company is and to really be able to hone in very specifically and be able to prove, you know, once and for all, the connection between people and profit. And we, we are we are working on it. We have submitted for a grant. We've, we've looked for some investors. Um, it's very exciting. We know how to do it. It's a, it's a lengthy and very complicated process. Uh, but maybe one day we'll be able to complete that. So it is on our radar. Even when we do do that, we know there will be naysayers. Data, you can use data to prove anything you want in anything. And so we're not banking on that. And that's why I started the conversation by saying it's a mindset. If you think being nice to somebody or creating a positive experience is going to make things better and you have a competitive advantage, you'll do it. If you don't, you won't. Yeah, and I think that comes to everything in life, doesn't it? It starts with how you view the world and how you approach it and what energy you get to the table with. So, yeah, just to, to, to stay a bit by that, because it's very interesting. I often talk with uh, people about that. One of the challenges we have with, you know, running the organizations we have today and the reason why we sometimes have difficulties making them perform is because we haven't changed our view on how we run organizations because many organizations in my view are still back and that goes in many industries not only in the hospitality industry running their business like they were in the industrial revolution some have gone on to more focusing on performance achievement you know that's where all the whole corporate model came out performance management systems and ratings and so on and then we have these new organization and you talked a bit about you've been observing you know smaller startup organization that's much more purpose driven and give autonomy to the employees to actually almost self-management so it's like three big steps that has to be taken and many organizations are still back in the industrial age in my world especially when it comes to the view on people yeah i i completely agree with that what you just said do you think there is a need for having a bit more a movement on that before we actually can start seeing there will be more people so we can come instead of talking 10 to 15 percent of people worked in a in a brandful company we actually can talk about 25 percent do you think there's an evolution that has to happen or do you think there's going to be like a, a big bang and then we're going to have more brandful companies michael i would be so happy if we could get a movement going and I've I've been working on it. I've been thinking of it. I, I really I think that we we can do it. I think there's enough people out there when they hear the message, they're going to want to work in a brandful company. I am right now working as hard as I can. I really want to launch this brandful companies network of companies that we identify as brandful, so that we can get uh, you know they once people really see and understand. I actually am going to be publishing, I'm going to be relaunching a blog of brandful companies. And I already have the first one written of the first company I'm going to showcase, but it's, it's really exciting right now because um, I think once people really see and get inside these companies, I wanted to do some videos as well. Once they really see and can understand, I think p- people are going to want to work in brandful companies. Once we can see the demand for that, that's going to drive companies to want to become more brandful. 
Yeah, it's about showcasing, you know, real life example of businesses that's really successful uh, commercially as well as on the uh, employee experience, I guess. And that's where people start to think we need to do something different because we can't save us out of things anymore. We can't be more automated. We can't, you know, be more efficient in a way. We need to, to start doing something different, I guess. And also, I have a big belief there's also going to be a big change when we have a new generation on management. It's going to happen as well because there's, a, especially millennials, there's a, they want something different from work. And therefore, these managers that's going to manage the millennials or millennials themselves being coming managers would have a very different approach to how to manage and lead. That'll, that'll be interesting. I, I feel like I'm not sure if it's millennials or just a population of a certain age, maybe that haven't gotten married and had kids and have more responsibilities <laughs> and that kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We will see. What about technology? Can technology help with this, uh, you know, advance this process in a way? Can technology be a help or do you think that's a disruption to become, you know, more people first focused? I think it's a help. In fact, just earlier today, I was just looking at a list of new startup tech companies, um, specifically on the employee experience with new tools, new measures that companies are starting to adopt. And I see a growing community. It's incredible. It it is really growing around this. And I think that technology is actually bringing it to light and helping because, you know, companies can now afford these kind of tools that are coming out and be able to see. I think what they focus on is recruiting and retention and and, and also engagement. They want to get, you know, people that are really into being there. So once they see, they start using some of these tools that have come out, they see, oh, I can get better, you know, people that are more, you know, engaged. I can keep them engaged. I'll save money. My business is going better. So I definitely think that the the new technologies are helping. Yeah, and uh, that, that that's I actually I actually have the same view on it because technology can actually maybe fast track that what we're talking about that shift that has to happen to become more more brandful. In the end of any interview, we always have one last question. We ask people, is there any, you know, you know, very specific advice you can give to somebody that uh, wants to, you know, build a brandful business? Where do they start? Or maybe there's uh, more than one, maybe maximum three good things to get started with. What is the first step? The first step is to go out and talk to your employees and to listen to them. How are things going what do you think could be improved? That that's really, I think that's really the first step for anybody, and that's an easy first step. Just talking, asking questions, listening. Shall I say, <laughs> listening, listening to others talk. That, that's a, that's a great advice because that doesn't cost anything as well. That's very very good thing to start go out doing. Every leader at any level in an organization can go out and do that tomorrow talk and listen to what the employee says and take that on board. Yeah. And number two, I would say if anybody has been interested in this podcast to reach out, I am starting a Brandful Companies Network. If anyone listening to this feels that their company is Brandful or they know a Brandful company, I would love to know about it. I would like to look at it, add them to the list, write a blog, do a video. We really want to start spreading the positive examples of the brandful companies that are out there. 
massive thank you for your time, Julia. And uh, I'm I'm sure that we're going to be connecting soon again here on the podcast to hear more about all the stories you're going to go around and collecting and all your your research. I think I think there will be another podcast that needs to happen, uh, not in too long time. I think that 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 will fit really well with the journey. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me, Michael. It's always fantastic speaking with you. And um, I look forward to speaking with you again soon and um, listening to the, the rest of the podcasts that you have and will be conducting. Great. Thank you, Julia. That's all we have time for today, guys. Thank you, Julia, for giving such an experienced insight into how people can really be the X Factor in creating outstanding businesses by putting people first. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please like, share, subscribe, or even tell us what you think. To what extent do you think employees can be a valuable extension of your company's brand? What do you do to ensure employees buy into your brand? Especially thanks to Laura from Let's Talk Video Production for making this happen. We hope you have enjoyed today's Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tingser. Tune in next time for more great insights. And in the meantime, find out more about us at hospitalitymavericks.com. Thanks for listening and be maverick.